0: How could he love me so? I owe him everything. Don't we owe him our lives? This is beautiful. Thank you, choir. Thank you, Sylvia. Let's give them a hand. The psalmist said, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? What shall I render? And then he answers, I shall lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I shall pay my vows. Amen to the Lord. Because you have loosed my bonds, and to thee I shall offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. We are so thankful that another year has passed and we have survived. We have survived. While listening to the choir, I was thinking, what can I Thank the Lord for. You can think of myriad things, but I wouldn't be here personally if the Lord did not save my life. Amen. So I started thanking Him for my salvation. I started thanking Him. For what he did. I was supposed to be crucified. I was supposed to pay the penalty of sin, but he paid it for me. And this is why they sang Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left scars, a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Are you thankful? Are you thankful? Salvation reveals God's power over sin. And we have that power this morning. He broke the bondage of sin, He forgives all our trespasses and transgressions. He made of each and every person a new man and a woman. He changed us. He brought peace to our lives. Can we say thank you, Lord, for that? Over the years, the meaning of thanksgiving has undergone numerous transitions. It started with an expression of gratitude for survival to a collection of our nation's traditions and values. And over the centuries, families added their customs of Thanksgiving and different celebrations. Today, this national celebration which will happen Thursday is used for reconciliation so many people run for each other and have a family gathering and reconciliations and what have you and to some it's sharing victories as well as struggles to Christians this time is precious and it's used to prepare the heart in gratitude and reflect humbly upon all the gifts that God has given us in this life and the life to come. He deserves our adoration. I'm sure all of you are preparing for thanksgiving. And looking forward to meet families and friends. And to spend the whole day enjoying what God has given us in this wonderful land that we all cherish. We have gone through hard times. We're going through it. Our nation is struggling. Many cities are in upheaval. Hearts are not at peace. And yet, many are ready to celebrate Thanksgiving. But let me tell you one thing. To the Christian, every day is Thanksgiving Day. Someone said, and I don't know who said that. He said, people have taken it uh, in reverse. We should have... Three hundred and sixty-four days of Thanksgiving, and one day for murmuring and complaining and what have you. He's right. He's right. We always think of uh, complaining and murmuring about this and that, but thank God. Let me say one thing. One thing. We are still, as a nation. Celebrating Thanksgiving today And we give God The glory, a time To gather around Tables, dinings, turkey, what have you And many say a word of thanks Though they don't know sometimes Who they're thanking But thank God the Christians Know who we thank We thank a living God So With that I looked in the Bible for a, a promise, an encouragement for you and for me. And I looked for, for a word. I didn't know how it came to, for a word. And I was studying Zep, Zephaniah. He's a prophet, minor prophet. And Zephaniah, when he looked around and he saw the nation is in ruin. Go and read it. You can read it today or tomorrow. The nation was in ruin. They left God. They were worshipping uh, Baal. They were worshipping any other pictures. They offered their children as sacrifices to idols. They have done every, every sin against God. And in the midst of this, in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 5, I found this that should touch your heart, that God never fails. I hope this is not the picture of our country, of our nation. But whatever is happening around you, whatever is happening around us, God never fails. He will give us strength. And guess what? And if we exercise that, what this man said, the 364-day of gratitude and thanksgiving, we will live above all what's happening. We try; every morning should try to be thankful to God. We're thankful we're walking. I spent so many days uh, at the hospital lately because of Shelley, and I thank God she's home. And you will see all kinds of illnesses, all kinds. You hear all kinds of sounds. You hear all. Kinds of stories, our stories, and you know what? I I look at, I looked at Shelley in her bed. I said, "Thank God, God never fails us. His eye is his His eye is on the sparrow, and no sparrow dies before he allows it." How be it then, you and me, are we thankful for that? You were able to come to church today because you had two feet to walk on. You could drive. So many people cannot drive. You can use your arms and hands and eyes. You can see so many don't have this privilege. And tell me, are we still complaining? God has pledged, this is why he never fails, has pledged in Jesus Christ to work on our behalf. He goes for the impossible to make you happy. Do you know that? He does the impossible. Said, Adol, where do you get that? Well, it's in the Bible. Do you think I preach for myself? I preach from a book, only the Bible. We preach the word of God. When he visited Abraham with two of his assistants, called them angels, two angels, and he wanted to give Abraham some good news. What is it? He was talking to him outside his tent. Mind you, Abraham didn't have a mansion. He lived in tents because he knew the real mansion God was building for him up in heaven. Yes? And you have a mansion waiting for you. He said, uh, a year from now, Sarah will be pregnant and you will have a baby boy. Sarah laughed. But what did God say? Remember this. What applied then applies now. It's the same He thought he looked at Sarah, who laughed. He said, "Well, God is joking with me." He said, "Sarah, is there anything impossible for God? He does the impossible for you and me. His power is available, and He does miracles in our lives. And for that, He should get our full gratitude." Every day of our lives. Simple message. Just I was just thinking. About all his blessings upon our family. Upon this family of God. Upon you and upon each and every one. Just think a little bit. Of all the blessings he's bestowed on you and on me. And that's why David was screaming and shouting. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is in me. Bless his holy name. Are we thankful? He gave us the power to live a life, a victorious life over sin. Christians. You have experienced the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. As I said earlier, I am thankful I am am saved. You have experienced the power to keep you from sinning. To keep you from falling. Because why? Because he is the almighty God and God never fails. Never fails. One young man who got saved in England some time ago, his name William Cowper. And he wrote, he got he got saved, and that night when it was so dark around him, and he wrote a hymn, and it says this one little two little lines, he says, God moves. In a a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. He plants his footstep in the sea. And rides upon the storm. That's your God. He runs for your rescue. Walking upon the sea. Upon the storm. Just to take care of your need. And he teaches us a few lessons around, and we should be thankful. Are we grateful this morning? Let me tell you one thing. I have a story about a grateful heart. If you are grateful, here's one legend of a man who found the barn where Satan kept his seeds ready to be sown in human hearts. And truly, when I read this, I imagined how Satan has a big warehouse where he has seeds, and he Every day, he takes a big bushel of seeds and, and goes and visits people and disturbs their life. Okay. He found the seeds of discouragement more numerous than others in that warehouse, Satan's warehouse. When questioning, he was told by Satan that there was one place in which Satan could not or never get the seeds to thrive and grow. And where is that, asked the man. Satan answered, in the heart of a grateful man. I uh, normally talk to Bill Bill Murray almost every day. Not almost every day. I want to talk to him once, but he talks to me three, four times. You know, he nags me. (laughs) He nags me all the time. (laughs) he's praising the Lord, you see that? I said, Bill, how are we today? He said, I'm thankful. That tells you everything. It's contagious. Now he calls me, I tell him I'm thankful. I learned something. Are we thankful for his power? Are we thankful he delivered you from many problems? Many situations. Whenever you need a job. Or you are in a situation. You are in financial need. A crisis in your life. An illness in the household. A sudden problem erupts. And you are not ready for it. A huge spiritual request. He is there. And let me tell you one thing. According to the one who wrote this hymn. He is able. And more than able. Rest assured. And you say. I've asked him so many times. To answer my prayers. Can you tell me why? I cannot myself. But I can tell you one thing. He will answer it. In his timing. David when he was delivered. From his enemies. You know what he he wrote. You have delivered my soul from death. Indeed my feet from stumbling. So that I may walk. In the light of the living. That's our God, and he deserves our thanks. And you know, through the last 25 days, I have learned more about his kindness and his love and his faithfulness. We, we sang this morning, oh, great is thy faithfulness, oh, God, our Father. Great, he is faithful. He never fails. He never fails. You know, uh, and he teaches us along the way to learn a few things of his characteristic because he wants us to become like him. Paul wrote, be imitators of me as I am an imitator of Christ. So God wants us to be like him. There is no one as compassionate as our Savior, our God. When uh, people came to him in thousands, what does the Bible say? It says he felt compassion over them. He teaches us that. And a man, I have a story about a man who learned how God had compassion with him and loved him so. If I find it here, I'll read it to you. Yes. uh, the Lord touched him in life. And he was like a worker, like us. And he passed one night by a house that was all burning. And the story goes like this. This boy lived with his grandmother. And their house caught fire. The grandmother trying to save the boy To rescue this little boy. Who is about six years old. Upstairs on the second floor. She perished in smoke. While trying to save him. The crowd gathered. And they were. More and more gathered around the house. And they were screaming and shouting. And the boys cries for help. Were heard above the crackling. Of the blaze. And no one seemed to have the courage or did seem to to want to help except they were onlookers. Suddenly, a stranger rushed from the crowd who was touched earlier by the love of God and circled to the back where he spotted an iron pipe that reached an upstairs window. He disappeared for a minute, then reappeared with the boy in his arms. Amid the cheers of the crowd, he climbed down the hot pipe as the boy hung around his neck. Weeks later, the boy would be placed in custody and the town met where he should go. Where can this young boy that who had no parents spend his lifetime? One said, I have a big farm. Everybody needs to live outdoors. Second man told of the advantages he could provide. He says, I am a teacher. I, can, I have a large library. I would get a good education and give it to him. Others spoke. finally, a rich man came in the community and said, I'm wealthy. I could give the boy everything mentioned tonight. Farm. Education and more, including money and travel and a future, I'd like him in my home. The chairman of the town meeting asked, Anyone else like to say a word? From the back seat rose a stranger who had slipped unnoticed and came to the front with two hands in his pockets. Reaching the front room, he stood, and out of respect, he was asked to take his hands out of his pocket. He took them. A gasp went up from the crowd. The little boy whose eyes had been focused on the floor until now looked up. The man's hands were terribly scarred. Suddenly, the boy emitted a cry of recognition. Here was the man who had saved his life. His hands were scarred from the climbing up and down the pipe, the hot pipe. With a leap, the boy threw himself around the stranger's neck and held on for life. The farmer rose and left. The teacher rose and left. The rich man also left. Everyone departed, leaving the boy and his rescuer who had won him with his compassion. Those marred hands spoke more effectively than any words. He had compassion. And if we ask the Lord, the Lord Jesus to stand in front of us here or here in my place and open his arms, what would you see? A scarred hands where the nail went for you and for me instead of you and me being hanged on that cross. That was his savior. And the boy grew up with this man and became a man. To serve his community. Compassion. May the Lord give us this compassion. Especially these days. When we say yes. I pray for you. But do you really feel. When you say. Oh, I feel with this people. Put- do you really. Do we really have the compassion. I have learned it. And I'm learning it. More and more. This Thanksgiving period, we need that. And I also, I've learned something else. And I want to share it with you. That God, he fails not in his love. He fails not in his love. And he teaches us how to love. He says, love each other, other as I love you. And he, say, he says to them, okay, these are my commandments. To love one another. We are. He fails not in his power at all. To give us. Empower us. He fails not in his compassion. To put those seeds of compassion in our hearts. So we have to be a compassionate people. A compassionate church. A powerful church in our salvation. And he fails not in his love. Never. Never. Did he not love us first. And his love, I tell you one thing, as I said at the very beginning, his love never fails. And the most important thing we learn in life as Christians, that he never stops loving you. He never stops loving you. You say, no, I'm talking to the whole world. For God so loved the world He loves you He loves you to come and be ye reconciled to him, He loves you to make your peace with him, he loves you to come and enjoy the beautiful fellowship that you can have with him, and you know he gives a, he gives a breaks he peter. Peter lied about being one of the disciples. But nevertheless, God loved him, right? And gave him another chance. The mothers and their smaller children who came to Jesus were a problem for the disciples. But what happened? God loved them. He said, bring them over. Bring them over. Stay outside, you disciples. Bring them over. The woman refused to give the Lord Jesus a drink at the well. But what did he show her? What did he show her? He loved her. And when she left his presence, she left his presence as an evangelist. She told everybody about him. No matter what your life has been like, he still loves you. And then the question is, how much do you love him? As I promised you a simple thing. And when God touches the heart. Then you can express this love in many ways. I want to thank this church. Each and every family. You expressed your love towards Sylvia and I and Shelley For almost 25 days. And I am humbled. I thank you. There was a man who was touched by the love of Christ. That he wanted to do something about it. And when he heard about his salvation. And love. Tears. Went down through his eyes. And he became. That's his true story. A a salvation army officer. And. uh, He's. Known by officer Shah. And he accepted an assignment in India to go in the last century and be a missionary. He was a medical doctor. And he arrived in India there. His heart was full of love to these people. And he was assigned to take over a leper colony when leprosy was still going on. And Three men were there in that assignment. They had, he saw them, they had tight fetters, binding their hands and feet, cutting their diseased body as if leprosy was not enough. And Captain Shaw turned to the guard and said, please unfasten the chains. It isn't safe, the guard replied. They are criminals. These men are dangerous Criminals, as well as lepers. He told him, I'll be responsible. Listen, the love of God. They're suffering enough, Captain Shaw said, as he put on his hand and took the keys and knelt tenderly, removed the shackles, treated their bleeding ankles and their wrists. And he kept showing them the love of Christ that touched his life and changed him. Two weeks later, Captain Shaw had his first misgivings about freeing these criminals. He had to make an overnight trip and rest, leaving his wife and child alone in a very dangerous place where they lived. His wife insisted that she wasn't afraid with God being with her. The next morning when she went out to the front door, she was startled startled to see the three criminals lying on her steps. One explained, we know the doctor go. We stay here all night, so no harm come to you. And that's how these dangerous men responded to an act of love and care. The love that Captain Shaw exercised to society outcasts. He loved outcasts like us. He loved us when we were ugly and sinners. He loved us when we were completely lost. He loved me. He changed my life. I am thankful. Christ came to set the fettered free. Christ came to to give us good news to the afflicted, to the blind, to the brokenhearted. And he came to bring liberty to captives. This is the message that God has for us on this Thanksgiving. It's not like filling our tummies with cookies and food at any other. It's like going out and showing the world what compassionate people we are, loving people we are. Let us be like Jesus. That's the message of Thanksgiving. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Father, we are thankful for this opportunity that you have given us. To share few words about your character and what you have done in our lives. And what you are willing to do. So help us, Lord especially this coming week where we meet many people when we gather with friends and families to be imitators of you. To be burdened, have a compassion. Have the love of Christ in us and to show it to everyone around us. Be with each family, Lord. We're not Mm -hmm. going to see each other this week until Sunday morning. We pray that you safeguard each and every person. Those who are traveling, bring them back to us safely. And uh, those who are ill, please heal them. So we can reconvene again next Sunday to honor you and love you. Break bread and remember what Jesus has done in our lives. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen.